0: You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, dear family. How urgent is it that we know and act on Truth. Well, I guess sometimes it's not really that important. If you knew that there's a two-for-one special at, at Del Taco, yeah, it might make your lunch that much better, but yeah, that truth is not going to change your life. But we know some truths do. A while back, there was a great truth that a lot of people didn't understand about this world. The truth of a great dif- difference between adjustable versus fixed loans. One night after the crash on the nightly news, a woman shared her insight into the urgency of knowing this truth that she had not known before. She and her hu- husband had purchased a retirement home, and they assumed, as it had always been, that the loan had- company had given them a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, but they were wrong. It ended up that they had actually signed a contract for an adjustable rate. And so all began well with this dream phase of $1,000 for monthly payments for their whole house. And then the mortgage adjusted. It became $6,000 a month. And all of their dreams disappeared. They lost their home. And we know that they were not alone. Many lost their homes because of that little truth that they did not understand. Today, they're trying to rebuild their lives in this world. That was a harsh lesson for many to learn. But far worse is a lesson, if not learned, about our eternal home. And we know many are still without the truth. Many people today are walking about in this dream phase thinking that they've bought and. Bit of eternal paradise for themselves at their own unbelievably cheap price. They think that just by some actions that they do or by a false faith that they find that they want to cling to, that God has promised them a home in righteousness. And sadly, they may not see the truth until it's too late. You and I know there's only one way to get into heaven, and that's only through Jesus Christ. Christ, who has purchased our place in heaven through his own life and death. Anyone who tries to enter into heaven without him, without knowing and relying on that truth, they bought themselves only a a homeless place in hell. So, knowing and sharing that this truth, that Jesus is the Christ, is most urgent. Listen as Jesus teaches it to us again. Be reassured that you have gained this truth and what you have through it and what you can do with this most awesome truth. We read again Matthew 16, 13 to 20. Just a note, a little difference between the, the reading I'm using and the reading that we had in the service folder, although I added to it. Maybe you noticed. Uh, in the Hebrew, the word for the promised Savior was the Messiah, the Messiah in the greek new testament the word is the christ both are interchangeable they mean the anointed one Uh, for whatever reason the new uh, translation that we used already this morning changed the greek to the hebrew and put in the word messiah i'm going to keep it greek it's going to be christ and that's the name by which we know him best jesus christ hear this word of god when jesus came to the region of caesarea philippi he asked his disciples who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Ah, but what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. But then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Hmm. So far, God's word. That's kind of an odd way to end. Jesus warning his disciples not to tell anyone that he is the Christ. Well, you might want to put in there, yet. Later on, he wanted, and he did, have us all share, he is the Christ. Even as he gave them the warning, though, it tells us something about our faith in Jesus as the Christ. He underlines the truth. He wants everyone to know and believe the truth of him as the Christ, but not a truth that's confused or a part of have truths. And that title Christ or Messiah in Jesus' day was still confusing to many. So at first, here, Jesus leads his disciples to separate the truth of who the Christ truly is from the lies that so many were misunderstanding. If you read this portion of God's Word, you find that Jesus and his disciples had been dealing with adamant unbelievers, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. And they had come to Jesus and they asked, well, if you are the Christ, then give us a sign from heaven that we might actually believe you. Give us some sign. How do you feel when that happens? How do you feel when people say to you, if if Jesus really is Christ, if he's really your Lord and Savior, then why do these things happen? If Jesus is really the Christ, then then why do some Christians come down with cancer and die from it?" Or if Jesus really loves everyone, then then why is he letting persecution still happen in this world, like the the Christians in Iraq, or or the bombings in Israel? Jesus is teaching us that there are questions and, and implications about who he is, and that they need to be answered, or if not, they become like yeast. If we leave these questions about who Jesus is and and what he does and how he reveals himself unanswered in our own hearts, they can spread. Uh, Their doubts can begin to spread throughout our whole faith. Just like a little yeast, those who do the the baking know that that little yeast is going to work its way through the whole amount of dough. So Jesus encouraged us first to know he is the Christ. We have to put aside the doubts before they spread. And Jesus demonstrates how. What did Jesus do? He had his disciples way out and study the question and the answer before them. Jesus asked them, well, well, who do people say the Son of Man is? We need to learn that too. Don't don't avoid when people ask us questions. No, meet them head on. Jesus teaches us that, that if we set aside the wrong answers, then we can help people learn the truth. That's all part of the process. So Jesus asked, well, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And the disciples weigh and they toss out, well, here are some of the most popular beliefs. Some say that you are John the Baptist. Others say that you are Elijah. Still, others say that uh, you're Jeremiah or one of the other Old Testament prophets. Well, by putting the false answers before them, they began to recognize how false they were. Saying that Jesus was John the Baptist, well, they knew that was King Herod's fear, and probably popular because of it. But the disciples had met, both Jesus and John, and they knew that Jesus was not John. And so they could set that doubt easily aside with the truth. The same is true of the thought that Jesus is Jeremiah, or one of the other old prophets that he was resurrected and returned. That's just not who Jesus claimed or was teaching himself to be. And so Jesus had them air these false beliefs openly, compare them to the truth that they knew, and so just set them aside. How often aren't we blessed when we perfectly take that step? We just take all the doubts that are being thrown at us and we stop to set aside those that we rightfully know are ridiculous. Think the ones that come into your your hearts as they come into mine. Sometimes the doubts just come, I'm such a sinner, Jesus cannot possibly love me. Or after one of those moments in the home, our marriage is so unique, there's no way God can help solve our problems. Or my own sometimes, I'm just so worthless, Jesus just can't do anything with me. Now, just stop. When these doubts come up, stop letting them grow. Look them squarely in the eye and get rid of the ridiculous ones. Jesus is the Christ. He knows all people, and he loves all people. He loves even you and me, and yes, Jesus is Lord and Christ, and he can even make use of little old sinful me and you face down the ridiculous ones with the simple truth. How can we be so sure of this? In the same way the disciples knew and faced the truth that, well, maybe Jesus was the prophet, prophesied Elijah. Elijah was prophesied to come again. Well, they answered that by remembering what Jesus had already taught them. Earlier, Jesus had taught his disciples, for all of the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And he said to them, if you are willing to accept it, he, that's John, is the Elijah who was to come. He who has ears, let him hear. He's saying, go to the word. What do you know? As Jesus had the disciples do, so he leads us to do. We are to set aside the the false ideas that sound like they might be true, the things that some people say that sound like it might come from God, set them aside with God's clear word. The things about right and wrong, well, we have the truth, don't we? We have the Ten Commandments. You can use them with the the immoral world around us is trying to confuse us about immoral living. We go, no, the Sixth Commandment, thou shall not commit adultery, that's any kind of it. That's the truth. We know that. Immorality is wrong. When we have questions and we take them to God's word, we find his answers. We read, we study. And you find then that some of the most troubling questions, those questions that really make you think. I had a, a Jewish man once, and my first congregation, married to one of my members, say about Job 19 that's not really talking about Jesus. I know my Redeemer lives, isn't talking about Jesus. I spent weeks going back to the, the, the Word of God until I could go back to him and say, no, look, it really is. The most troubling questions that people ask you are sometimes the greatest gifts then in your life because if you go back to God's Word, then you are strengthened in the truth. And finally, you see, it all ties back to Jesus being the Christ the fulfiller of God's righteousness, and the saving of sinners. All the word is about him. And you find the truth in that word of God, and you believe it. Once the truth is found in God's word, then we do what Jesus did next. Jesus asked them, well, what about you? What, what, what do you believe the Son of Man to be? He asks them now to take it inside of them, to make this a clear and personal profession of faith. He asks them to believe. We are to do the same thing. Not just learn the truth, but now believe the truth. We don't want to be iffy about Jesus and his word. We cannot go about with Islam and say, oh, Jesus is a prophet, one of them, or like, Hindi invites, Jesus is God, one of the multitude that there are out there. Jesus is not someone that we can agree to disagree about. Jesus urges us, as he did them, to be certain, to believe today that Jesus truly is the Christ. If if we don't stand on, on that as certain truth, then we're kind of what Paul writes about. We're like infants tossed back and forth by the waves flown here and there by every wind of teaching, cunning craftiness of men and deceitful scheming. We don't want to be that way. We don't want to remain infants. Believe the truth. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus' disciples did believe the truth. Simon Peter answered for all of them, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter speaks up for for them all, and he gives that clear, that certain profession. Jesus, you are the Christ. Again, we go back over our study of God's Word, and we know there were many anointed ones. The prophets were anointed. The kings were anointed with oil. But God promised that the anointed one would come who would be anointed with God's Holy Spirit and power. Peter is saying, you are that one. You are the Christ. There is no other one prophesied by God throughout the Old Testament, now revealed in this day. Jesus is that Christ, commissioned by God to win mankind's salvation. He was so sure this is what he believed. How did he get that, that faith? How do we get that certain faith? Jesus is Christ our Savior. Well, Jesus replied. He said, blessed. It's a blessing, that faith. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. Jesus acknowledges that Peter's profession is absolutely right. Yes, Jesus is saying, yes, I am the Christ. You are right. How Simon came to that, that clear truth and all the world around him was so uncertain was by the Father's working to the Word. Peter and and the other disciples' faith was was not something that they accomplished, that they finally made themselves understand. No, it was something, this this gift of life and understanding and faith that God himself gave them. They just received it. Peter's faith did not come then by by his own intellect working it out or even by his birthright. He was Simon, son of, of Jonah, He didn't inherit the faith like something passed down from his earthly father. Jesus said Simon was blessed by the heavenly father to receive the faith. Simon, who who may have had one of the hardest times to believe, because we we often think that he had the easiest, but maybe the hardest because he was walking and talking with Jesus himself. To think that this man with him is actually the son of God. And yet, Simon and you and I receive the same faith as a blessing from the Heavenly Father through his word. The, the word revealed and the word made clear through Jesus. We receive that same faith by the living word of Jesus in the Bible. And that's why Luther states, and we, we under, understand what Jesus is here teaching. It's not by our own thinking. It's not by our own choosing. But it's this receiving of faith through the work of God himself, through his spirit, who calls and gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies us all in the same way, through the gospel of Jesus in word and sacraments. That's how you and I came to receive the gift of faith. So follow Jesus' teachings. And don't get caught up in popular opinions. That's The other thing he was warning the disciples about, well, we have popular opinions about Jesus all around us. Some say, well, yes, yes, Jesus is a great man. He's a great prophet. But then they say, oh, but I draw the line on God being, Jesus being eternal God. Others will say, well, Jesus is the Christ, but, you know, the miracles of a virgin birth, a physical resurrection, ruling forever in glory, uh, no. Receive faith, the certain faith in every word of the Bible from God. He works through it, He testifies to it, that we can trust the truth that Jesus is the Christ. And we see that into our hearts and our minds and our souls. The Father blesses us this way. Jesus explains that blessing using Peter that day as an example, or I should say using Simon, because the example was here. He calls him Peter. I tell you that you, Simon, are now Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. You probably remember the name Peter means a rock. Jesus to say that that faith in Jesus that He is the Christ it made Simon to be Peter. He is now a rock of faith. And that means all of us who have faith in Jesus as the Christ, we are the same. We could call each other, "Hey Peter, hey Peter." But that would get a little confusing. But it's true because we are all building stones like the cement blocks of construction today in faith. Faith made Simon a solid rock to be used in the construction of God's living temple, that spiritual temple, that family of God of faith. That is true of you and me and all believers. We are Peter's, we are all living building blocks in the house of faith and our strength in that house of faith, because not in ourselves, but like Peter, we're made strong because we are built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. The rock, Jesus says, on which he builds his church. He wasn't referring to Peter. Even though Peter means rock, it was a different word. It's a word that means the bedrock. On this bedrock, this foundation, I'm building my living temple. And Jesus reveals he himself as the Christ, the promised one, the certain Savior. He is that foundational rock. And so Jesus says through Paul in Ephesians, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as a chief cornerstone. We are built on Jesus Christ who was taught to us through the apostles and the prophets. So Jesus is both the builder of the church and the foundation on which we are built. We have received that certainty of our salvation in Jesus. He is the Christ. And because you and I have received and so believed the truth of our salvation in Jesus the Christ, Jesus ends by saying, and I'll use it. Use this truth to free and bind others so that they too might yet be built on Jesus and be saved. Jesus says, I give, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on Earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on Earth will be, will be loosed in heaven. <laughs> and that's when he gave the warning that he was not to be revealed as a Christ yet. But he promised he would give to them this binding and loosening that's what we call now the ministry of the keys. We have those keys. Where are they? They are the keys to heaven. You have the words and the power of the law and gospel that opens up the way to heaven by which God gives faith and people receive it. You have God's word to share so that others can be built upon Jesus. These truths, Jesus said, they open and close the way to heaven by either binding or freeing people from their sins. Use them. You have to use the law. To bind people in their sins. Because if you don't bind them and say, this is really a sin, this is a disobedience of God, this is unrighteousness, this is wretchedness, unless you reveal that truth, people will not see their own sins and confess and sorrow over them. But when you do bind them with the law, then they want to repent. And then when the law has done that, that work of, of showing them their sins, of that heart-wrenchingness, then quickly, then joyously, then completely, share the gospel. That even though they deserve hell as we all do, that salvation is God's gift through Jesus, who is the Christ, the Savior of all. Share how Jesus kept that perfect obedience to the law for us all. He was the holy. He is the righteous one. And that by his absolute sacrifice, he paid for every sin of every sinner. Share that good news and you set souls free as faith is given. Those are the keys that you and I possess, the keys to heaven by sharing the truth of the law to bind in sin and the gospel to give that salvation through Jesus the Christ use them, share them, use them now because unlike the disciples on that day of our reading, you and I know the fullness of the truth of Jesus as Christ. Back then, Jesus had not yet fulfilled our salvation. He had not yet died for our sins, he had not yet rose to seal the world's being declared innocent in him. That's why he told his disciples on that day, I will. Give the keys. Not yet. Tell them that I am the Christ. The disciples themselves are still learning about the fullness of Christ being the eternal Savior, the giver of eternal life. The hearers, the the Jews of whom they had been brought up with, if told that day that Jesus was the Christ, they would have thought what they'd been taught. Oh, he's the earthly ruler to come to get rid of Rome. Don't tell him yet that he is the Christ. That was then. This is now. We've read the rest of the New Testament. We have received the full truth. Jesus has died and risen and has ascended into heaven. And now we know, yes, all that there is, that Jesus is the Christ. He is one salvation for all. Now share that truth. Jesus is the Christ Christ. And so convict every sinner of their sins because they need to be freed from them and free them because Jesus has paid for them. Believe that truth, receive that truth, and rejoice and share the truth. Jesus is the Christ. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding keeps our hearts and minds in Jesus as the Christ. So far, our word today. Please stand. Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us.